Welcome to The Ether. Today is Thursday, March 24th, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Glow Yield. Glow Yield is the ecosystem of Terra decentralized apps like Lotto and Creators, all powered by DeFi Yields. Glow Creators helps artists and influencers give their fans exclusive perks through membership, NFTs, and more. Glow Lotto is a prize link savings account with a weekly chance to win the big jackpot. Tickets are free and perpetual, which means there's zero chance to lose money. Be sure to follow Glow Yield on Twitter and join the Discord community to stay up to date with all the glowing projects and check them out online at glowyield.com. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, it's the Jackal AMA. Let's take a listen. All right, let's give it just another few minutes before we get started. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, man, loud and clear. I don't know if you want to give me the the co-host role. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. I didn't know if you wanted to give me the co-host role. uh, role. Because sometimes on these spaces, like, it can get dicey if you you have, like, just a speaker up. All right, cool. Do you know what Aaron, uh, uh, Marston, do you know what Aaron's uh, Twitter handle is? If he's Um, he's even joining, that is. He, I don't think he's in yet. Oh, he says he is now. Uh, I don't remember. Um, I think it's just, like, Carnfest is normal username. There we go. Just so everyone knows, we're probably going to give it another few minutes before we get started here. How are you feeling, Will? How's going, guys? Feeling good. Excited to be here. Just double checking. You, you guys can hear me okay, right? Oh, yeah. Loud and clear. Yes, sir. You guys can hear me right? Yeah, we can hear you too, Emory. Until we get the Twitter bug. It's been bad. Last show I had on Sunday was pretty good. It was like a three-hour show, and for the most part, it was like really good. I think there was a couple times. There was like this bug recently for like speakers that come up. So like if, if a speaker's on and, and another speaker's talking, sometimes it, <laughs> just like one person can hear that other person. It's it's really annoying. Yeah. So so when I joined to uh, joined the chat, just by the way, it's, it's Patrick for, from the Jackal account. Um. When when I joined to speak uh, on Sunday, it was, it was really weird. For some reason, only towards the end, though, you got lucky for the majority of it. Yeah, I uh, I tuned in because some of the other guys they host the night shows, and I just I just need a break. So a lot of times I don't even tune in if I. But I had I, I think I got time on Friday and Saturday, but Friday night it was just it was horrible. Every single time I I would go on a talk or would listen and one person would get cut out the whole entire time. And there's times too, where like a host and co-host can hear one another, but no one else can, except for like 
one person's completely just muted the whole time. It's crazy. It's really, really frustrating. Yeah, that, that that's pretty wild. Anyways, uh, do you think we should start getting started? Uh, Hoss, usually uh, you've done these before, so should we uh, wait a little bit longer or should we just get going? I mean, you got a good crowd in here. I mean, the secret network, they're on time for the most part. The secret community, they don't play around. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so I, I guess a good way for us to get started would just be to introduce the team. Just so everyone knows, Cosmo Haas is hosting. Um, I met him in a space. Uh, well, he's been in our Discord for a while, just lurking. But um, I met him in a space, I think it was last Sunday, correct? Yeah, man. You came on. Uh, Carter actually introduced you. And I didn't even know you were in because there was quite a few people in there. And I was excited that you stopped by because I've been trying. Yeah, I've been lurking in, in the room and uh, I've been waiting for you guys to come on because I literally love Secret to its core. And I understand how valuable privacy is in Web3 and also what you guys got going on can coincide with everything for it's got such a good use case and utility. I'm excited. Yeah, no, uh, we, we have a we have quite the surprise uh, after the show as well. Um, but also, I think a good way to just start this off would just be to introduce everyone. So just so everyone knows, uh, my name's Patrick. I'm from uh, speaking from the Jackal Jackal account. I, I didn't join with my personal, but um, so I'm the co-founder of Jackal. Uh, the other co-founder is in Marston. And how we got into this space, we, we kind of came from a, um, an investigations background where we work on investigations related to um, uh, usually cybercrime and, and other things related to that for civil court in Canada. And uh, we were trying to build an e-discovery tool. One thing led to another. We started building Jackal as an infrastructure. Um, so I'll just let Marston introduce himself next, and uh, then we'll just move down the line. Yeah, so hey guys, uh, I'm Marston. I'm the other co-founder of Jackal. Uh, we, as Patrick mentioned, we uh, started with an e-discovery tool and we were kind of like trying to figure out a way to store files. And because we were dealing with such high security files, handing them over to something like Google just didn't make sense. Um, and so we were thinking, okay, well, we're already building a blockchain system. What if we built private storage on blockchain so that we could trust it ourselves? And uh, here we are. Mm -hmm. Just so everyone knows, Marston is the the, the lead contract dev that, that started Kitik and the ball rolling here. And uh, I guess we'll just start, go down the line. Let's go to Will next. Will's uh, one one of my favorite guys on the team. He's, he's a, an old friend of mine from university, and you can introduce himself as well. Oh, well thanks for that introduction, Todd. It was, it was beautiful. Um, so, hey, guys, my name is Will. Um, I'm a Canadian guy as well. Um, I also work with... Um, Patrick and uh, Marston at Inquisitive Intel. Um, so my background is in marketing and uh, communications. And um, so I'm somewhat, I'd say, compared to um, the average uh, sort of employee or, or project um, coordinator in this space, probably a little bit newer to the blockchain space. But when Jackal and Mar or sorry, when Patrick and Marston sort of introduced the idea of Jackal and the sort of massive use case for not only Web3, but really just enterprise and business in general. Um, it really gave me a kick to sort of look into this a little bit further. And, and I really think that, you know, I think we're, we've got a great thing going right now with a really awesome team. And um, yeah, so really, I'm really excited to get started and we're, we're happy to be here. Let's... Uh... 
Let's move on down to, um, am I cutting out right now or no? No, you're good. You're good. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to go down to Nick Winter, uh, also known as Emery on our team. Um, I, I guess I just doxed you right there. If you want to introduce yourself as well, he's lead economist. Hey, everyone. Uh, and uh, no, we're, we're all supposed to be doxed. <laughs> Hopefully, I think, uh, for the sake of transparency. Um, yeah, uh, my name's Emery. Uh, I'm the lead economist for Jekyll. Uh, I was uh, extremely interested in this project uh, when I first saw it come on uh, because I've been studying uh, forensics and forensic accounting for a while, and that's exactly where uh, I found Jackal. And I've just been kind of hammering Patrick for a while to <laughs> let me help them out. And then uh, uh, I, you know, had a chance to flex my econ skills to uh, make this a sustainable project in the long run. So I'm absolutely happy to be here for it. Hey man, you being an accountant, man, that's what my background is. It's I'm tired of it. (laughs) I I keep swearing it's my last tax season. It never ends. I know. Right. It's just the worst. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done with it right now. And that's actually what my real life job is, but I get to work from home, thankfully, because if not, I would have already quit and I'm already it's I'm already reserving that like it's it's pretty much to the end. I'm just tired of it. I love crypto and I'm involved in crypto. But yeah, amen to you for grinding out and being an accountant because I completely know what that's about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, let's move it down on to Aaron. Aaron is the front end dev and all around Swiss Army knife for Jackal. He's he's one of the best guys on the team that's really put a lot of hours in the project, particularly as well. Hey guys, nice to be here. Um, hopefully people are going to enjoy what we have to say today. I know we got a bunch of fun updates and surprises in store for everybody. As Patrick said, uh, kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, primary focus is front end and integrations, but uh, I'm also just kind of the head honcho when it comes to reading technical documentation and making a mess. So um, hopefully uh, none of you have been splattered by my mess. I guess that's a good way to put it. <laughs> so I have a quick question. Who Who's the brains behind this website? I really think your website's really nice, by the way. It's really, really fresh. Yeah, so so Aaron was the, the, the secret, the glue that stuck it all together. But we, we do have um, the secret network kind of, um, I, I guess, the UX guy. His name is Brian, Telegram Brian. He's, he's the bomb when it comes to kind of the mock-ups. But it, it's Aaron and, and Will together. They, they threw together the final pieces there to make it all work. Nice. I'm a yeah, big, big, big I, fan. I think we'd be remiss not to give a shout out to uh, Brian, who absolutely, absolutely killed the website so far. And um, yeah, so we, we appreciate that. Thank you, Brian, if he's listening. Yeah, so I, I think, um, so uh, Cosmos Hoss, if you want to just stop me at any time when we don't make sense, I'm going to start from like the, the ground up and kind of just talk about what the product is um, from kind of Jackal as a whole into kind of um, what we're building right now and then uh, where we're planning on going. Um, if that sounds okay to you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a good plan. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people in here probably do know what Jackal's about, but let's just pretend that everyone's brand new in here. So yeah, it's a good good approach. Yeah, well, we, we just launched the, the AirDot, so I feel like we have a lot of new followers right now. So I think it's a good way to just lay the groundwork. So, oh, yeah, yeah so, so what Jackal is, is um, what well, we started, as Marcin was talking about, with this e-discovery tool idea, where we wanted to kind of have 
really secure transfer and, and chain of custody of, of evidence, digital evidence for legal cases was the idea. And uh, it kind of came to this issue. It's like, okay, so we built this e-discovery tool. It works on chain. And the reason why we wanted it in the blockchain was particularly because of the fact that um, right now, when you capture a piece of evidence and you want to go from one person to another person, you have to like take handwritten notes, which is kind of <laughs> it's kind of archaic for like the the year that we're in. We thought blockchain technology would be great for that. And then we got to the point where it's like, okay, so where do we store all this data? Um, our options were Google Cloud or Microsoft Azure or um, Alibaba Cloud, depending on where you are in the world. And that's not a very great solution because it's not a clean forensic environment because people now have access to that very important evidence for a legal case. So that was a defense lawyers would have a heyday with that. So we're like, okay, uh, that's not the best idea. So we moved on to what about if we throw a server in the back of the office? Well, that's kind of like the centralized choke point of failure. And that's not really a great idea as well because you can, the place can light on fire, God forbid, or, uh, or you can have DDoS attacks or cyber attacks and issues with that. So that wasn't a great idea. And we started to kind of tiptoe in a decentralized data storage. And as great as all these solutions are right now that are on the market, they all kind of have these same kind of fundamental flaws. And one of them, and being the most important one, is privacy. And that's something that isn't really seen on, um, on, on a decentralized stage for decentralized data storage because um, it, it doesn't really go hand in hand until we got like the technology from the secret network. And if there is privacy on decentralized data storage, often it goes through a centralized choke point, which is kind of reliving this Web2 problem where you have like this one company such as like a pinata, for example, that is this like centralized choke point to have that privacy posture for your data as well. So uh, we decided to kind of take a step back from the e-discovery tool and start building a storage layer. And what our storage layer is, is we, we bridge two things. So we have the Filecoin network on one side and, and it's IPFS and Filecoin both. And we use that as like a cold storage archiving system. So that's where we kind of put our data to rest if it's not active and queried very often. On the other side, we have the, um, the secret network. And the importance of the secret network, and Marston's probably going to get into that in a little bit as well, is it brings programmable privacy to the file trees, and it also brings programmable privacy to user uh, file version control, um, sharing of data, access to data. And the great thing about Jacko that you won't see anywhere else is that only the end user with their private key can access their data or see their data. And that's the one thing that really sets us apart is Jackal actually can't access your data. It's like almost having your own personal SSD in the cloud, really. And in between Filecoin and the secret network, we have our own incentive layer. And this is a peer-to-peer -peer network. Um, if you think of our peer-to-peer -peer network, a good way to put it is like, imagine like uh, you mix the BitTorrent with the Tor browser with, uh, I guess, Tendermint smart contracts. And then you mix all those things together. And uh, uh, there you go. You have, you have Jackal. And the importance of having this peer-to-peer -peer caching layer is it brings that speed, utility, and most importantly, privacy to decentralized data storage. And the great thing about us is, is we kind of bring like the speed, utility, and privacy, but also um, we're, we're looking to kind of switch the business model of traditional data storage on its head. When you look at the Microsofts and the Googles, uh, the issue with them particularly is uh, your data is stored in the system that is a black box for the consumer. And, and we don't think that is right. And it's also seen where the, the th Microsoft, Google, and Amazon have nine privacy law violations between the three of them as well. So uh, usually with one of those, uh, you shouldn't be trusted with the data afterwards, but um, that's kind of the, the box we're in. So we want to build a world where our end users are self-custodial of their data, and you access and, and control your data through your Kepler wallet. 
uh, with your private key. And if you want it on a ledger, it can be on a ledger. If you want it on a multi-sig, like a root folder for ransomware backups, you can do that too. So that's kind of where we are and, and kind of what we're looking to build here. And we're trying to kind of, um, if you look at Jackal as a token, we leverage this, the storage system, but all, we're also building other decentralized application. And that's the great thing where, what are us as an organization, we're here to build infrastructure and, and cybersecurity systems and, and, uh, and applications. And we're trying to, right now, if you look at Web3 as a whole, the common flaw is a lot of the middleware and also the storage layers are really centralized where if you notice when Amazon goes down for some weird reason, also Web3 goes down as well. So we're kind of trying to kind of break that barrier down and provide resilient systems. And that's what we're here to do. And that's kind of what we're looking to build. Um, I, if anyone has some questions, I guess, uh, Cosmos Hossi can stop me at any moment and kind of ask anything as well. I mean, just to try to break it down for someone that's not really tech savvy, I would just say data is the most valuable asset in the world. And it's not anyone's right to just be able to take your data, especially if you're a business and you have private documentation. You know, the big the big guys like the Amazon and Microsoft and Google, they shouldn't be able to just have access to your data. So if I were someone that didn't know anything about technology, I would just think about that as a, as a huge utility that can serve uh, you as an individual, but only, and also, you know, businesses. So that's kind of what I would just add into that to make it a little bit, I guess, more simplistic to, and you can add something to that if you'd like, but I'm just trying to think about it on like a really simplistic scale. Yeah. Well, what 100%, um, if you look at Jocko, like, broken down to like bare like the bare minimums of what like the the business to customer product is it's really like a decentralized dropbox if you think about it that way where only you with your private key can access and share your data i think that's the best comparative that you can kind of see and unfortunately we just closed our our alpha last friday um and and we're we're looking to kind of get it back online but the the product's going to be probably ready the storage product is probably going to be ready in early early q2 to mid q2 um, and we're also looking to launch the, the token kind of within that time frame as well. And that's the thing where we kind of need to launch the token before we uh, have our strong peer-to-peer network because it's kind of like a chicken or the egg situation. So we need to launch the token, scale up the network, and then provide the product. And that's kind of our go-to-market plan right now. But um, Marston, do you have anything to add there? No. Um, you did a really good job of explaining what we are. Okay, I just had to mute you. Yeah, I was just yeah, about I, to. It literally sounds like we were talking to some extraterrestrial life form there. That was a pretty pretty wild sound. No, you, you are you are talking to an extraterrestrial life form. It's, it's, <laughs> that's just Marston. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> that he was talking to us from the future or something. Yeah. What that was. <laughs> it's a, yeah, we, we get our devs from the future. This is how we do it. I'm going to add him as a speaker again, um, if you have anything to add. Let's try it again, Mark. So um, much better, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes Twitter Spaces doesn't like me. This happened on the last one, I think. Um, yeah, no, you you did a good job. If there's any more like really technical questions, I'd be happy to answer them. But uh, for like more technical stuff, I think uh, we can just like send people to the Notion if they want to view anything on there. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where we are. Um, I, I guess this would kind of be... A, I don't know, Will, do you think it's time for us to kind of open the floor to the new product we're releasing today as well? 
Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, um, Hollis, unless you have unless you have anything to add, or maybe do we want to take maybe do we want to take some questions first before we um, sort of go down that route? Whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could, whatever you guys think. We could do that. I mean, if anyone out there has any technical questions, uh, you can either DM me or if you want to just raise your hand and actually ask on there. I, I don't have a problem. I know a lot of people that tune in. They just like they don't want to talk, so they just ask, and I have no problem with that. You can ask DM, or if you are in the Discord, the, the, the Jackal Discord, you can ask in the general area as well. I have no problem with asking the question for you. Yeah, anyone feel free. Any question, I mean, it doesn't have to be a technical. And if you want to come up and ask a question quickly, um, well, we got a few here. I, I feel like Crypto Kevin would want to come up, but he might be at work right now. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to raise your hand, and we'll hopefully invite you up on stage. If there's any technical people out there, I know like a lot of times when I have people come on my show, I try to just make it really, really simple for others. You know, like if someone, I just try to be like, all right, this person may not know anything about technology, but I just try to break it down. And like I said earlier for everyone, data is so valuable. And personally, I don't use, I try not to use Google or any of them guys. I use, I think right now I use like Brave for the most part. And then I don't even use Google search engine because I just, I, it's none of their business. Not that I have anything to hide. It's just, they're just, they're too much for me. <laughs> That's kind of one of the most important things about Jackal um, as a whole is, is what we're really building is, is a system that gives end users the choice. Um, if you want to sell your data, you can sell your data. If you don't want to sell your data, don't sell your data. But um, I think a really interesting way to kind of segue this into kind of another um, you look at kind of like the business to business use cases in crypto and also in the real world is um, the, the ability to collect your data. Or, for example, um, if you want to interact with an application that's built in the um, Jackal ecosystem that leverages our storage layer, um, let, let's use a use case. Uh, let's start with like an NFT marketplace, for example. If both the NFT marketplace hosts their front end on Jackal and they use their back end on Jackal, and also the end user also has a Jackal account. When you purchase an NFT, for example, um, you purchase the rights to the NFT to the metadata and the smart contract. But you could also purchase the physical JPEG on the back end of the server as well. And that can be sent to your Jackal account from the other. You can have a read and write permissions uh, just swapped between the NFT marketplace and the user. So the other cool thing here is we can have terabytes and terabytes of data just follow smart contracts to finality. Marcin, if you want to talk about that a little bit, that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, what we're planning on doing uh, once we get the general system sorted out more is actually like expanding on first of all the the snip 721 standard and uh because you can access the um smart contract from other smart contracts that gives us the ability so that when you call the transfer function on the snip 20 uh, the snip 721 token that can actually call another method on the jackal system where you can transfer data over to a different account and you can get all of the accounts that you want to transfer to from the receiver of the transfer method on the SNP 721. So as Patrick said, the data itself will move. Um, and then that revokes the viewing access from the user that owned it in the first place. And uh, that can all be done contract side so that there is never any third parties. It's all completely done on chain. And another, um... We can, we can start to look into other use cases as well. If you want to kind of do the Web 2.5 bridge thing and bridge back to, um, for example, like a, a legacy market. Um, you know, when you want to like switch doctors 
and uh, this is a little bit more of like a simple use case. Um, and we have to be HIPAA compliant and figure out all the compliance issues first. But if you wanted to switch doctors, for example, in instead of like the doctor controlling your health records and you say, okay, I want to go from this doctor to another doctor on the other side of town. They call the one doctor and say, hey, can you like fax all my information to the other doctor? And there's like a process that takes a few hours and it's, it's not as seamless as it possibly could be. But in this case, you can have um, individuals be self-custodial of their medical records. And if you wanted to switch doctors, you can do it instantly where you just revoke read and write permissions from one doctor and grant it to another doctor. Um, that's one example. And another cool like enterprise use case for Jackal, um, if you start to look at another thing is using it as ransomware backups and resiliency. Um, since we're Kepler compatible, and also since you want to um, kind of have a, a multi-signature wallet around a board of directors, for example, or a bunch of head doctors, for example, um, you can give the Jackal system read permissions to your root folder, and then we can take snapshots however often you want for a ransomware backup. And, and that's another really great use case where we have a lot less attack vectors because we don't have username and password, it's all by ledger. And it's all a lot more secure and it's a it's a great way to have a backup at a way cheaper price point compared to microsoft or alibaba cloud or uh, amazon or the other examples so when you look at jackal there, there's two use cases it's a business to customer where you have like a dropbox for the end user and that's really great for everyone that's really comfortable with web3 but also like the the sdk and the api associated with our system integrating with legacy systems such as uh, um, like hospitals or, or um, big tech companies or um, AI companies that have a lot of data, or for example, um, I think it's Akabus. Marston, what's the, what's the name of that company that um, Alberta's working on? Abacus. Yeah, so that's another really cool use case where they want to leverage Jackal because um, they're like doing human genome sequencing and they have, it's literally your DNA. So they want really high security postures around that. And and we're really excited to be working with a lot of different companies in the, in the Web3 space to build more resilient data storage for them and even the other cool thing Marcy, you want to talk about how shepherd works a little bit for web gateways oh yeah yeah, yeah. um like one of our first real use cases and we got it working uh a little bit it's not open to the public yet but it's um basically uh i i set up a second jackal account where uh, it was just connected directly to like a node.js server and from there it was able to uh if I gave it read permissions on any of my files on Jackal, I was able to type in this uh, the URL bar, the path to my file after the domain name for my server, and it would bring up an actual HTML page. And I could do that for any of the files that I shared with it. So with that, you can host full static web pages on Jackal and it's completely decentralized, it, it works just the same as a normal like Apache web server where you're just hosting static files. And it's, it's especially with things like react now where you're doing a lot of like client side rendering, it's, it's totally doable that you can host an entire react site on Jackal and it'll work just the same as any other system. So I uh, have three questions from community members. The first one, is from a, I guess this would be Captain Schmacka. He's in the uh, Jackal Discord. He wanted to know what was the point of the Easter egg during the test nut? Oh, are you talking about uh, what's the, what, what was it, Aaron? It's, uh, what's the ultimate answer? Well, there's, there's two. There's the ultimate answer that we had for the pre test net sign up. 
Um, realistically, that was uh, just so that we could get a head count. It was the easiest way that we could think of for just knowing how many people are involved. We asked a question that was open answered. Um, my personal answer is 42, but uh, really there wasn't a wrong one. I think what he's asking about, though, is I announced the Easter egg during one of the testnet phases. And um, that was the address bar inside of the web page. And that's actually part of the navigation system where you can jump between folders quickly and also directly access a file if you know its exact path instead of having to navigate into the folder first. So just a, a streamline. That's clever. <laughs> that's clever. I like that. And then my next question, I think you already answered this, Donnie, but uh, from a UX standpoint, will Jackal resemble a Dropbox? I'm pretty sure you already said that. Yeah, so so the same guy that made uh, made our website, Brian, he's the absolute, he's, he's a heavyweight when it comes to the uh, the UX game. He, he's really, really great at what he does. He also built um, our new UX that we're going to be implementing. And uh, Aaron, if you want to talk to that a little bit, you can too. Yeah, so I mean, when, when we boil down to it, the there's only so many ways that you can present files and folders and still have it interesting. So uh, there definitely are going to be similarities from a user standpoint, uh, experience standpoint, where, you know, you're going to access your files, you're going to access your folders, you're going to navigate between them, that sort of thing. Um, but like visually, it's going to be significantly different from, um, from Dropbox. We're trying to make it a little more organized with like pins where you can flag certain, uh, files or folders that you know you need to access on a regular basis. Um, we're looking to build in a little bit of intelligent file detection. And that one's going to be kind of tricky because we don't actually store any file information with the files. It's just going to be kind of guessing based off of the name that's stored with your keys in, in your wallet itself. Um, so we, we got some ideas on how to kind of make it a little more user-friendly and easy to navigate. I 100% know the current UI is terrible. Uh, it was never intended to be good and never intended to leave testnet testing. It is strictly just functional. Okay. And then I have another question from a Danny Rev in, in the Jackal uh, Discord. He has a quite a, he's got 10 years plus in experience and uh, he wanted to know the node requirements like the operating system and configuring for pin testing to connect to the secret servers. I don't know if you guys can touch on that or not. That would be a mercing question. Yeah, um, I mean, I can the node requirements to set up like a jackal node and act as like a miner. Um, they're on the Discord. You basically just come and ask, "Hey, I want to run a node," and we'll get you set up on the Discord. Um, as far as like security testing and stuff, um, we are going to be getting ourselves audited and our code's all open source. So if you want to view the code, you can head over to our GitHub. I think that's linked in the Discord. If not, I'll post it in there. Um, yeah, I, I hope that answers your question. I think the other thing was node requirements, I, I think, Marissa, as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's, uh, that's in the Discord. Uh, where if you want to run a node, just come say, hello, I want to run a node, and uh, we'll get you hooked up. All right. Last question before, because I know we have a uh, someone that had their hand up. I got another question from a, a user. They said, with new ex exploits and vulnerabilities discovered every day, how active or responsive will Jackal be in IDing, resolving, or preventing them? 
that's that's one thing that that we take a lot of pride in is is when we're producing an open source infrastructure like this, um, a lot of the the capital that we raise is going to go to dev support. Um, we want to be a place where we have really great documentation, but we also want to be a place that we're, we're very very responsive to dev issues. But when you look at Jackal as leveraging Web three technology, um, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot better of a kind of like a cybersecurity and digital privacy posture, particularly. And, and the reason that is, is, is we don't have the typical attack vectors that you usually would have, um, where if you look at pretty much 80% of cyber attacks come from human error. And um, when, when you have the ability to leverage a privacy posture of using a, uh, a ledger, for example, or you don't have like username and password attack vectors, and, and you, we reduce pretty much down to the bare bones of you really only have um, it's really only a wallet address interacting with our system. So it, it, it's on the end user to make sure that they don't sign any malicious transactions. But when it comes to um, general vulnerabilities that, that are from like a zero day from our hardware level, or sorry, from our software level, um, that's something we're going to be very responsive to. And it's one of our, our branding is uh, of our core principles. It's num number one, it, it's uh, cybersecurity. Number two, it's easy use. And, and number three is speed. But number one will be the security posture. Nice. So you already have a couple of people in the chat that want to help run Ned. So that's good. You got some good interest already for that. Yeah, no, it's awesome. So um, I, I brought on Crypto King first. Uh, you're up speaking. If you want to ask a question, go right ahead, buddy. Hey guys, after hearing you talk about your website, I thought I'd hop on it and poke around and maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but uh, have you guys talked about your Jackal RNS yet? He found yes. an Easter egg. Oh, <laughs> come on, man, that's my question. <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess this is the time that we approach this. Um, do you know who will actually do it the most justice? I think, Myerson, if you want to introduce it, I think that would be best. Yeah, for sure. So behind the scenes, while we were having a little bit of downtime and some of our guys couldn't really, you know, get work done with the testnet being down and we were waiting on other support, we decided, hey, let's uh, let's just keep building. And uh, one of the things that came out of that was a name service because there is no real user friendly IBC name service. I know there is star name and they are entirely built out chain for that, but I've been trying to figure out exactly how to resolve their names and interact with them as a developer. And it just has not been a very smooth experience. So something we've been working on is, hey, if you're sharing files with friends, you probably don't want to be typing out their entire address. What if instead you could just type out, in my case, Marston? And so we came up with the idea to build our own little name service that uh, connects Juno, Adam, Cos uh, Osmosis, Secret, and uh, basically every popular chain on Cosmos right now. And uh, it's, it's built on Juno because it needs to all be public and they are currently the most open source uh, public blockchain. And uh, if you guys are interested, you can go grab a name early. It's gonna be built into Jackal ASAP so that you can share files and all that with friends without having to remember their entire address. Um, and hopefully we've made the developer support easy enough to get other people onboarded so that they can start using the same thing. And, and another interesting thing is, is just the ability to transfer data and not having to remember um, everyone's wallet addresses. And the great thing about um, 
RNS is it is it compatible with pretty much almost every Cosmos chain at this time that will auto resolve. So um, I'm really excited about it. So if everyone wants to go to the website and you want to check out RNS and you want to purchase some domain names, it costs a little bit of, of Juno uh, to get those going. But um, yeah, it, it's a, a really exciting part of our business development and a new product line. And the other thing is RNS, like all the Jackal products that are uh, that we're going to be producing, they all jam value capture back to our Jackal stakers. Um, so 10% of um, possibly even maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. So I, I don't want to put any any hard numbers on things while we finalize our economic model. But a percentage of the the income made from uh, the revenue made from RNS is either going to buy back and burn Jackal tokens or it's going to be uh, buy back Jackal tokens to distribute back to stakers. So every single one of our applications gets value capture for, their to for our token holders. And that's something that we're true to. So did you tweet out or where, where can we, the, the average user can find that information for that URL? Yeah. Do you know what? Um, I guess uh, this is the time to tweet it out. I will do that right now. Hold on. Let me admit mine. <laughs> yeah. I might have to get a Cosmos Hoss, you know, little yeah, yeah. ordeal down on. Tor <laughs> and cool. Chart. Yeah, man. That's why I just love Secret. There's just so many great use cases and utility like this the sky's the limit and i just a lot of people just like people outside the secret network just sleep on privacy for whatever reason i don't know i mean i've always even as a kid and i just i just it's my it's my rights like it's i always feel like people are infringing on rights and you know some people don't care they go on facebook they put their whole life story on there i've never been that way i just i don't understand it but i mean everyone's different i guess but this is just gigantic this is huge See, I was like a uh, high school in 2014 and it took me a while to realize, like, I mean, looking back at Edward Snowden talks and stuff like that, just how big of a deal it was having all that crap out there. So it's kind of like damage mode from here on. I'm like 25 now and just starting to realize that, like, you can't scrub it ever. Uh, and it's only getting worse and how much people are paying for it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, stuff like Jack was so important. I was curious about uh, the website hosting that you guys were, uh, had possibly, like, you said it would be um, basically like you would offer it to other developers who might want to build on uh, Jackal uh, DAS platform or use like your uh, storage system, or would that be something that uh, you guys are actively handling? I'm just tweeting yeah. right now if someone wants to answer that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, something that we're really like trying to make easy is developer onboarding. Um, once Jackal gets to a state where we are comfortable with it, we will be releasing a full SDK so that it feels just like you're interacting with something like Amazon um, S3. And uh, our first stop is JavaScript. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then we're gonna hit like every language we can make it as easy as possible. Um, and then another thing that we're, we're trying to make really easy is if you have a Jackal account, you can just, host a static website and if you're doing all client-side rendering you can store your data on jackal you can make it so the user requests their data from jackal and their website that they're actually viewing is also hosted on jackal so that there is no point in time when they are interacting with anything outside of a blockchain space except for one of the centralized uh, gateways that's allowing them to view that but we'll be hosting our gateways all over like Akash and anybody in the world can set up a gateway. We're also going to make that code all open source um, so that you can pick and choose which one you want to use. If one goes down, you can just spin up a new one. 
and uh, it's it's totally open and hopefully easy to use. Um, and if anybody has any suggestions when we do launch those things, then um, we're going to also make all of our documentation editable so that anybody can go. And if they figure out something that we didn't think of, it's there now for the community. We're, we're really big on developer support, especially in a new space like this, um, where we ourselves have found it really sometimes a challenge to find documentation that is current. Yeah, so it'll all be uh, hosted through IPFS's uh, like content delivery uh, storage, or is um, it, would it be? Go ahead. I'm sorry. We're also thinking of building out um, some sort of like Chrome extension to make it really, really easy. But um, because our files are fully encrypted, although we're built on IPFS, you wouldn't be able to access any of your data through the IPFS gateway um, as it would be fully encrypted. So what you need to do is go through something like our SDK, which will allow you to query the secret contract and then merge it with the data that you're requesting. And then from there, it'll be fully decrypted for you. And so with that, um, we've been thinking about building like a Chrome extension so that you can just simply type in your file location and it'll come up and then it'll just yeah. ask you to connect to your Kepler and one, two, three, you've got your website or whatever file you're wanting to view right there in your browser. Yeah, that's kind of like Fleek if you ever used it for like Web3 hosting with IPFS before. Uh, it's kind of like that. You can hook it up to your GitHub, but instead of GitHub, it'd be, I guess, our Kepler wallets and Jack, uh, Jackal uh, account. Yeah. It'd be fantastic, yeah, because they just let you hook it up straight from there and then uh, instantly deploy. I'm not saying it would be as like, user-friendly as that because you're catering oh, for sure. developers and whatnot. Uh, but something close to that would be yeah, fantastic. And another another really cool thing is uh, with that, like you can experiment with things like password-protected websites, but instead of them being password-protected, you can only view them if you're one of like the five addresses that are actually in the permission system. So you can host a website that only 10 people can view and it's no longer just a password that anybody can access you actually have to have access to the kepler account which i think is really really cool and brings like just a whole oh, wow. level of privacy to password protected yeah it's like an internet kind of thing is that like how does that compare oh, yeah, it's kind of a bigger question but like an i2p type of thing scaled down or yeah it'd be like, similar uh, it's just it, it would be in one way more open and in another way more private um because it's on the blockchain, it's it's a little more public. Mm -hmm. But um, the files themselves are floating out there, fully encrypted. But it's uh, it's your encryption keys that are fully private. Gotcha. Yeah, that's really big, actually. And for people out there that that are listening, that or maybe aren't on their computer, just listening as like a podcast, you can go on the site and register a domain name for ten years, and it's literally one, basically about a one and a half Junos, which right now the total amount is forty six dollars and fifty cents USD. So I mean that's beyond affordable. You can you can have a registered domain for ten years. It has an avatar URL, an email address, a Telegram, Instagram, like yeah, redirect of the ass. Yeah, it's real fire. <laughs> That's real fire. That's all I want to say about that. Managers love you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how uh, Prop 16 is set back to DNS guys, but compared to what you guys were able to pump out in your little break, it's pretty goddamn impressive compared to what they have. And I'm not down talking them. I think they have done a great job with theirs, but they, they don't allow you to send uh, files and storage to theirs either. Yeah, but that's the big thing for us. We're just trying to like market to the entire uh, Cosmos ecosystem. 
Um, like there's name services that are kind of chain specific, but what we're looking to do is, is we're here to build infrastructure that makes our lives easier. And that's kind of like the core ethos of Jackal is building uh, that middleware and storage layers to uh, really help everyone out and uh, increase everyone's cybersecurity posture or just increase the easy use for blockchain technology. Yeah, you seem to know what you're doing on that regard for sure. So is it time for some super alpha or what? Like the little airdrop info? <laughs> Yeah, well, when when it comes to we're 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 still ironing out that econ model right now, and it's uh it, it's really complicated system. And maybe Emery, do you want to talk about why the the system is? We were kind of hesitant to releasing information right now, just purely because of the fact that we have a shit ton of moving parts, guys. Because <laughs> we we have our validator set, we have our uh, we have our storage layer of miners that we have to incentivize. We want to be on the in on osmosis, but also bridge back to um, um, SNP20s to be true to our core principles. So if you want to talk about that a little bit, Emery, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as it stands right now, uh, as, as Patrick said, uh, it's a little bit complicated than it might seem at first uh, because we are absolutely a, a use case token, uh, but we also derive a lot of value when when people would hold our tokens. So uh, the, there's a weird balance between wanting people to use our token uh, to use our product, but at the same time, wanting people to uh, hold on to our token and and uh, provide liquidity and things like that uh, with it when that's when that's possible. So there's a bit of a balancing act, and those two things are kind of opposing forces. So uh, and it especially becomes more complicated when we're adding uh, miners to the mix. Uh, when we want to incentivize miners, we have to have that inflationary aspect. So um, it's it's a it's a balancing act between wanting to make sure that our miners are incentivized, to keep a network uh, keep a network going, at the same time uh, wanting to make sure people uh, stake Jackal to derive more Jackal from it, and making sure that our token isn't overinflated so uh there are multiple balancing points that uh <laughs> it's a uh, it's plagued us for a while so uh but the reason that it, it, the tokenomics aren't solidly out yet is because we want to make sure that we have an absolutely solid model before we decide to uh release it out into the wild because once that happens i mean we don't have any it's it's pure market forces at that point so we want to make sure that uh we want to make sure that in the long run, the price of the Jackal token indicates the success of our company. So uh, when when we see you know high prices of Jackal, we want to we want to make sure that indicates that Jackal is is doing really really well, rather than a speculative token that you know uh, rides a roller coaster every couple months. I also saw your uh, in, uh, partnership with the new Secret Swap uh, or Hydro, I guess. Uh, brand new hydro uh, plan platform uh is that just going to be um some like uh infinity pool rewards or do you guys have more in store for that or is that kind of uh too early uh we didn't have any immediate plans uh for for hydro but that doesn't mean that something uh won't be ironed out in the future it's just uh it's just that's not on uh, on day zero plans at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I just it's pretty much like an all star list up there. I was glad to see you guys up there. Um, so excited to see what comes from that. Yeah. The more places that we're able to list our token, especially uh, 
in or near the secret network and cosmos in general, the better uh, people have better access to us and uh, the more usage our platform will get. I noticed you decided to cut Luna out of the airdrop, it seems, from the earlier, uh, like, rough draft. Yeah, Uh, I I can speak to that a little bit. Um, So... When actually, Martin, if you want to speak to it a little bit, but we, we consulted with with a number of different teams that have recently done airdrops, and the reason why we we decided to cut Luna out of out of the the situation, and it, it hurt us a lot to do so, and we we had to happen at the last minute as well, because um, just with their interactions with the entire IBC ecosystem and the difficulties that have occurred there, and also mm-hmm. um, the amount of time it would take us to develop the actual snapshot itself for us to kind of also capture the Terra Luna ecosystem. Um, we, we thought that it, it would be more time efficient and also um, reduce the load on our devs to drop to the Juno ecosystem. And, and that was that was a business decision that was made. And unfortunately, we, we had to get rid of one community and add another community. But luckily, as soon as both the secret network and, um, and Terra Luna upgrade to CW1, so like the Cosmosm one, uh, we're able to have our contracts work everywhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, considering they are like a beta on Kepler right now, I think, and then at best, and then they have to go through Luna, uh, Luna Station or whatever, it probably presents a whole lot of challenges for airdropping and uh, bad airdrops are like a good way to, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it it came down it came down to to a tough business decision we had to make to um, to reduce the load on our devs and also mm-hmm. to ensure that it's a seamless seamless airdrop as well. Yeah, and I, I'm sure you guys are uh, more than willing to uh, welcome the uh, uh, Terra ecosystem with open arms, especially with how uh, uh, I don't want to say. Uh, Facil- yeah, no. facil- facilitative they've been of uh, secret they seem big fans of secret and what it's doing um and helping out the ibc yeah well that, that's what we're really if you look at jaco from kind of like a, as, as a business itself it's really an ibc company right it, it's we're leveraging all kinds of different stuff it, it's we're leveraging juno for the name service we're leveraging the secret network for programmable privacy when it comes to user permissions and control over your data um we're leveraging just like tournament in general and and we're we're all over the place, and we're here to like leverage everything that's great. And when it comes to our uh, ability to take payments as well, um, there's no doubt that UST over on the Terra Luna ecosystem. We can't promise anything at this time, but that is one of the best stable coins out there on market right now. Right, for us to yeah. Take as, as a payment model for uh, for a payment processor. So that's another thing is like we're looking to leverage the best of the best to further the the blockchain ibc space that's that's what our biggest focus is probably want doquan on the team for that one Uh, exactly we would love to have doquan on that'd be amazing yes tweets are uh, hilarious if if anything recently but yeah um thanks for uh answering that one yeah no thanks for asking the questions does anyone have any questions from the crowd if they want to come up uh cosmos what are you thinking no, so I was trying to recap. I'm assuming whenever the token is initially launched, it's not going to be stakeable from the get-go. You're going to wait to get like liquidity out and then turn on the switch, so to speak. Yeah, uh, Emery, you want to tackle that? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so we are doing uh, our best to be able to uh, make sure that we have the liquidity to provide uh, when when the time comes. So um, as to where uh, or when it's stakeable, I can't yet actually say uh, because I'm not sure myself. Uh, but um, as soon as we understand our model inside and out, uh, backwards and forwards, uh, we'll be able to have have stakeable pools uh, relatively soon. That is, that is at least for certain. We will have some uh, incentivized pools to stake Jackal and various other tokens. Alrighty, yeah, it just hurts me because I have I'm I'm really bullish on Shade and Carter and all them, and I just I have my Shade and I'm it's just sitting there, and I'm so I'm such a degen that I'm like itching for for action, but I don't want to put it in the pool right now because I. You know that that would be the same thing with Jackal. I would just probably want to stake right off the bat and then let the market decide the, a solid price point before I really got into providing liquidity. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, the the other thing is is talk about the Shade team and and what they're doing for privacy and just stable pegs in general. And we're just super super bullish on what they're providing. And uh, Silk would be an awesome um, an awesome way to accept payments as well. And if they make like a uh, a pylon protocol comparable where we can kind of get subscriptions going with payment via yield, that would be really cool as well. If Carter, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I anytime Carter stops by my show, I, I get so motivated. It's like he's like a coach. Like I, like I'm I'm ready for like a, a motivational speech before the game. You know, he comes on and he, he has so much passion. And, and mainly, all the people that I have come on my show are very passionate and. Uh, you know, he, he he does this thing, and I know the very first time I found out about Shade Protocol and, and Silk and what they're trying to accomplish, like, I was already sold. And this was a long time ago, and I'm just, like, a really big fan. And same thing with you guys. Like, I'm a really big fan. I'm really looking forward to this because I understand privacy, and I think the entire secret network is still super undervalued. I think it, it's the best market for NFTs because of private data. And, you know, you can, it's just, there, there's so many endless possibilities that you can do with, with secret and, and what they have going on. And, and you guys are, you know, you got, you got a nice little niche, so to speak. And it, it's very, it's, it's not going away regardless of any sort of economic turmoil or what have you, like data is never going to stop. It's actually just going to keep increasing and increasing and increasing. And there, there needs to be someone there to, to fill in the gap, so to speak. And I think you guys are positioning yourself well. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, not only the airdrop and all that, but just like your progress. And I would love, you know, I'm, I'm always here and I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity just to stop by and, and learn and, and talk to the community. And I think everyone out there, you should definitely be following these guys because it's, it's one of those. And as an investor, I've been investing in technology my whole life. It's, it's one of those like, you know, I, I don't want to, it's not a detriment, but it's not like a sexy investment. But these are the investments that, or like a long view. Like it's not, like I said, data is literally the number one asset in the whole entire world. So as an investor that say you didn't care about technology or you didn't care about crypto or whatever, but you want to invest in the solid technology, this is a solid technology, not financial advice, but I, that's how I feel about this whole ordeal. I think you hit it on the head there, Hoss. Just to one thing that, you know, myself and the rest of the team, we, we always keep in mind is you know, if if blockchain and crypto and all of Web3 is going to really get a heavy push of integration into traditional markets, business and enterprise, you have no choice but to have that privacy by default function and option for 
basic everyday use in in all cases. So if there's going to be mainstream adoption and integration, it's just a a, a point of fact that you need this private um, option to go about legitimate business and and activity. Yeah, I mean that's just one of the main things. I, people don't see it, but all right, we'll just use Prop 16 for an example. If everyone had privacy by default, uh, like voting, and and you all voted, and maybe the only outcome was the validators had to to disclose like their the way they voted or whatnot because they're kind of like to me they're almost like a political figure they should have to kind of divulge that information but you wouldn't have like people uh with pitchforks out you know all this negative uh you know just basically influence hey you this this validator voted this way you know pit, you know don't validate with them anymore delegate to this person and that's that's one huge use case for secret and also you touched on it with like financial institutions so say like i was a hedge fund ma- manager why, right now the the really the the big problem with crypt, crypto and blockchain is if i'm a huge investor or well i don't want all my competitors knowing every single transaction i do for that quarter before i have to release my information so exactly, you know, maybe, exactly like maybe pri- like maybe secret it gets involved where obviously the the transactions can still be auditable but like you can release that information when you want to release that information and just like you guys have going on you can release your data if you want to release your data it's not just out there like okay i sent my buddy you know i I use this example all the time okay i I go to a a baseball game and 10 years from now and i meet up with some buddies i haven't seen for 15 20 years and you know the hot dog and beers who knows by then 30 40 dollars and i want to buy buy it with silk I, they wouldn't know that, but if I just bought it right now, and this is no detriment to UST, but if I bought it with UST, they would know every transaction if they really wanted to do it. They can just like find out my wallet, how much I'm worth. Okay, now Haas is going out. He he owes us all this because he's worth this much. You know, like that's not anyone's business, and that's why I'm so bullish on Secret Network. And I think people just overlook it. I think maybe possibly I'm a little bit older, but I think in general the 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 main core people in crypto are younger. So they they grew up with the cell phones in their face and the tablets, and they didn't go outside and, and get busted up and get bruises and scars. They're just always used to like putting everything out there. And that's not really the way it's going to be. Like it shouldn't be that way, especially as an investor. And obviously most people in life that have a lot of money are the older, the older crowd, the boomers, so to speak. So I think secret is positioned themselves so well so it's just overlooked. That's all I can say about Secret Network. It's just so overlooked. One hundred percent. I can agree with you more. And it's just when you get the like the whole sixteen, everything like that. It, it's I, I think it, it's it's a wake up call to realize that we shouldn't be reproducing legacy issues in um, three gets in. And the the one thing that I think uh, people should be really really working on, and and that might be something that we open up as well to just kind of work on as well, is a uh, is just to figure out every month, just try to figure out if you're running a network that has um, governance on it, just every month, let's try to figure out a way that we can make this at least like 1% better. And, and just try to figure out a way that we can um, make sure that, that we're not kind of reliving this, this knee-jerk reaction. Everyone should be allowed to vote the way they feel comfortable and, and just try to have governance where it, it's not representative governance is direct governance and try to figure the best to kind of 
move forward in that space. Um, that's just kind of my idea on the uh, subject. I don't really have too many comments on it, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, well put, man. Like, I just literally love Secret to its core. Like, I, I found IBC through osmosis. That was That's my baby. It's always going to be my baby. But, like, once I went down the rabbit hole, I honestly bought Secret next. That was, like, my next buy was Secret. And then I just went down that rabbit hole. I'm like, this is amazing technology, the use case, the future. Like, Web3, it, it needs privacy. Like, privacy by default is 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 the best, if, in my opinion. Yeah, there's some infrastructure problems, but we're early, and it's going to happen. Like, you, what do you expect? You know, it's not vaporware where we just have all these ideas, and then maybe five years from now, secret network network launches. Like, it's, you know, that's just the way it is. We're, we're on the we're on the front, the forefront of it, so to speak. So there are going to be bumps in the road. You know, we had the shade airdrop ordeal, but ever since that, to me, the transactions are more smooth. They actually cost less. I remember I used to always have to use at least medium gas for like any transaction. I can you can use low. Like I use low on CFI. Like every transaction. I mean, knock on wood, has been it's been good since the whole shade uh, airdrop ordeal. So I mean, I'm bullish. Like I just think the team, everything about Secret to me is just it's amazing. I mean, I'm I'm the biggest fanboy ever. That's all I can say. Like I'm a huge huge fan. Yeah, I mean XMR. It's like uh, looking at it, it's like that's what you would want, right? But like then you think it can only do what it can do because it's proof of work and it could never be what secret network, you know, can be. And that's what we kind of need going forward, especially with like some of the depths that they're developing for like uh, invoices and private invoices or whatever. It's like stuff like uh, essential, not just to like nuts, like uh, privacy nuts or whatever, like to do business and and stuff like that it's also just major use case so i don't think it can go anywhere no that's 100 okay. true i just want to say one more thing here uh hey guys uh someone just bought jockolabs.rns none of us thought about that before that occurred <laughs> hey man people know this is gonna be huge man they're trying to get in right now well don john just bought jockolabs.rns okay we're gonna have to buy that back hopefully we'll money to do so. yeah exactly exactly well did you have something to add because i know patrick just uh had his hand up and then you can get to him yeah no patrick go for it buddy Hey, what's up, guys? Actually, I accidentally pressed the button. Didn't even realize it happened. You just wanted some TV. You wanted some TV time. That's all good. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm bad. Thanks for stopping by, and thanks for everyone for stopping by. This has been a nice little uh, crowd, man. I didn't expect all that at four o'clock on a, a East Coast time here for us, but yeah, this has been nice. I, the secret community is the best, man. Like I said, Osmosis is my baby, but I just love the secret community. Like every, everything about it is just, it's embracing, uh, it's empowering. It's, it's everything. It's, it's one of the many reasons I fell in love with, with secret network was the community. It's, and then all the L2s on top of it, the use cases. And I just think it's, it's got a bright future and like, like one, one day soon it's going to get it. I think the airdrop season's coming for all of us. And that might open up some eyes to people outside of, of the secret network and, I just I think it's got it's going in the right direction, so to speak. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm just excited to just be building at at this at this juncture. The secret network has really really supported us well, 
Um, both the Secret Network and, and Filecoin, if I'm being honest, it, they gave us the developer grants for us to get to this point, get through alpha into beta. Um, so we have nothing but love for both the Secret Network community and, and the Yeah, was that before community. or after you guys got uh, support from Secret Network that Filecoin also noticed your, your guys' work? Uh, yeah. Or was that... Yes. So uh, if I'm being completely honest, actually, so we when we first entered uh, the secret network first, um, that was the first place we say, okay, we got to hitch our wagon to someone. So uh, we reached out to Carter and say, hey, do you you want to advise us? So he he became our first advisor. And it's actually Carter that introduced us to protocol labs over at the Filecoin. And uh, we hit it off really well with them. And we were picking like what would be like the archiving system in our cold storage layer. And uh, we believe that they were the most decentralized and they were also the easiest to integrate um, with the best documentation. And um, look at AR Weave, really great system. It, it, you have storage and perpetuity. Um, it's forever, but that's not really what our product is. We're going for like that speed utility and privacy rather than- The just, AWS kind of huge. Service. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's what IPFS we're IPFS got all um, those. Yeah. Go ahead. 100% rather than like kind of like storage forever. Um, that wasn't mm-hmm. really our, our market. And then we looked at Saya and uh, Skynet, and, and they're really great products, um, but it, it's run on a proof of work model, and it's a little, it, it's it's not as great as we think it could be. Also, uh, well, Marcin can speak to it a little bit more as well. But um, the CID is a really good technology over at uh, Filecoin, and IPFS is just great in our personal opinion. Marcin, if yeah. you want to add anything, go for it. Yeah. Um... I think the the battle that ended up being between Filecoin and Sciacoin for me at least, and uh, Sciacoin just has they have a really strange system, and it's really good in in certain cases, but it's a lot more for like an individual user, um, where I have my own Sia wallet and I post my own files, and it kind of functions as a Dropbox in itself. So I can go in and I can post a file and then I can delete it like same day if I wanted to. And so that gave us like a really interesting challenge where like we couldn't really make that decentralized if anybody could just delete files um, if they were one of our miners. And so with Filecoin, what's really, really great is uh, the Filecoin node can just post a file and it's it's there for as long as the deal was made for and the Filecoin miner that posted it can't do anything to take that file down. It just exists. And uh, that was really the, the the big point for me is if Filecoin is fully protected from our miners and they can interact and everything, but at the end of the day, it's all contract based and nobody, neither party can break those contracts without facing some big penalty. Yeah, plus the uh, content delivery system is a little bit different, right? Because it, it, what does it do? It, like a, it draws from like kind of like BitTorrent does it in a way. So it could yeah, end up... I, I, I think it has a little bit more like um, interaction between multiple um, miners rather than just like you go and grab your file from one of them. And um, with Filecoin, I, I think the speeds are a little bit faster because you're grabbing it straight from one of the miners um, as long as it's there's sealed and unsealed data and unsealed data is is pretty quick. Okay, yeah. I'm familiar with IPFS, but not how Filecoin interacts with it on top of it. So that's interesting. Yeah, we, sealed had to, we had to build like a layer between them on all of our miners. So basically, we, we hook in with IPFS and Filecoin. Um, and they're ever so slightly different. Um, 
but they're, they're both really, really good in their own right. And I think with us layering them together and then getting secret network in there as well, it, it created a really, really interesting system that uh, I don't think could have been created without all three parties working together. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So I wanted to get to the next individual. So you've been waiting for quite a while. I appreciate your patience. On-chain report, do you have something to add or ask? <laughs> Hey, thanks for uh, having me on real quick. Uh, really just two questions. Uh, one is, is this going to be posted someplace so that we can, those of us who join later after getting off work, we could listen to it later. And yes. then, okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it, it's recorded by us. And also you'll notice that terraspaces.org is in the, in the chat too. So they're probably recording as well. Okay, perfect. And the second question is, if you all have not already uh, spoke on it, where are some opportunities for Jackal DAO to be incorporated with NFTs such as Stash to store NFT metadata on Jackal? Marcy, you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, well, we kind of talked about it a little bit like right at the very beginning. So uh, basically, we can. Uh, there's two ways we can do it. One is a little bit more centralized where something like Stash would have their own Jackal account and they would host all the files through there but then you're trusting Stash with everything. Or there's the second option where the NFT contract itself can have its own Jackal account, and that can uh, hook in with um, an updated version of the SNP 721 model, where we would build our system into it, so that every time you call um, the transfer method or something on the NFT, you could actually move the data. Uh, their permission system can edit the sorry, the NFT contract can edit the permission system of the Jackal contract. And uh, that will actually move the data from one person's account to another. So you can create a system where you're not only transferring the file, you're transferring, I mean, sorry, you're not only transferring the metadata, but you're transferring the whole file across uh, Jackal accounts. Okay. Wow. That's very interesting. And then um, not try to get too far ahead, but would it, with NFTs, would it possibly just be like a one-time forever payment at a fairly high price and like a, a token burn or something to uh, for those type of payments? Um, we haven't fully like thought through our uh, economic model for like our payment model for that system. But um, what you could theoretically do is if we were to stick with um, like a subscription-based model, A, it'd be really cheap. And... Uh, B, what, what you could do is every transfer, you could make it so that every time you transfer or mint a new token, um, some of the portions of that token's sale go towards paying for the Jackal subscription of the contract and the contract itself hosts everything. So um, basically, as long as your um, NFT is moving tokens here and there, uh, Jackal will be paid for forever basically until the token gets shut down um and in that case you would by then all of your uh data would be moved off the off the token and onto individual jackal accounts which would uh basically you could stop paying for the contract jackal account and uh it would be stored on everyone's systems as it is wow that's super cool okay thanks for that yeah, there's all kinds of different ways you can integrate it. Um, it can either be handled by the NFT marketplace, we can front load it on the users. It, it, we can get really creative when you create just a really basic infrastructure like this. And uh, well, it's not basic in complexity, but it, it's just really um, 
from the networking standpoint, just really just trying to go zero to one with IBT infrastructure, really. So there's a, I have another question from a Discord user that goes by Silhouette. Said, hey, guys, so I've been thinking for a few months now about a, pos- a possible niche protocol for secret network and Jackal ecosystem. I was thinking about a decentralized virus protection service. Virus protection services have access to critical uh, personal information and are notably for stealing data. A secret network-based service would fix that issue. Was wondering your thoughts on this concept. That would be really, really cool. Um, If you could get that working, um, that would be like one of the coolest things ever. I know there needs to be like a really big database of um, old like viruses and stuff that have gone around and we could totally store that on Jackal um, or the protocol could store it or whatever. And uh, you could use that and like store all the user information that way. And with, with our system, you can revoke privileges. So if like a user granted access to their data um, to a protocol at any given point, they could revoke that data. And uh, obviously this doesn't prevent you from like copying all the data um, once your access is given to you. But in a system like that, you could revoke it so that any new data you're making, they don't have access to it and all that. Um, so if, if you could come up with a really cool way to do that, I mean, like that would be probably one of my favorite projects. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, Silhouette, you're still listening in because that's, that, yeah, that would be awesome. I agree with that. That would be, that would be mind blowing, actually. <laughs> it's a good question. Appreciate that. And I think someone else just had their hand up. Maybe I'm tripping. Nope. Does, I think someone did try to ask their speak and then they must have got booted or something. Yep. So is there any estimation on, I know you guys don't probably want to say, but like, do you, you guys have some sort of figure point of how many total tokens? doesn't have to be an exact science on it, but. Yeah. So we're an inflationary model. Um, very similar to like a Juno. Emery, if you want to talk about like, just like the, the base principles of the tokenomics, we can go there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as Patrick said, we are an inflationary model, um, and uh, we've decided that inflationary model was necessary to make sure our miners stay incentivized to uh, mine Jackal and keep the network uh, up and running. So that's that's really important to us. Uh, if we were deflationary, we'd eventually run out of tokens, and then it wouldn't make sense for people to run miners anymore. Um, so that's, that's the base reason behind our inflationary model. Uh, we also, just to make sure that we don't, uh, overinflate ourselves, we do have, uh, some built in, uh, burn mechanisms, um, especially when it'll come to come time for payment services on our platform. So, uh, we'll have burn mechanisms in check to make sure that the inflation doesn't go too wild, uh, as well as, uh, target goals for every year and uh, we'll make sure that as the years go by uh, that we aren't uh, compounding our inflation on ourselves so our tokens so our token uh, doesn't uh, uh, our token basically what we want to stay pegged to to the to the value of our own company so we want to uh, uh, keep a model such that it looks like the success of the company will will be will be jackals basically price so it's almost as if you're owning a share of jackal once you once you understand the tokenomics of it so that's that's our goal uh it's been it's been uh we've gone through several trials of figuring out which model would be the best for us uh but inflationary is uh 
the best way to go about it at the moment. So we'll have uh, several mechanisms in the treasury as well as how the tokens are distributed between uh, the miners and how much they earn to make sure that uh, things are equitable in the long run. Nice. So I don't know if people know this or not, but there's been a lot of chat in the Anon, the Anon Army chat where uh, they've been talking about soon for SNP20s and essentially any token that's you know, secret-based token, they'll be able to just go in and out of all the ecosystems, including Osmosis. So I think the timing of your token launch is probably going to be perfect for that. I'm not sure exactly when they said this is going to happen, but I know they've the guys have been actively working on being able to get all the tokens, from the L2s basically, on like Osmosis and other ecos. So that's pretty big. Yeah, um, yeah. We're, we're we're working closely with Secret Labs, and and we're uh, we're pretty in touch with the, with the, the dev updates and the timelines and we're just looking to really iron out what our the best token standard is for both the community and for us at this time so i know the worst question in crypto is to ask like when because you know you never wanted to say like a specific date but do you happen to know when about this like all the tokens can just go back and forth um I I can't really speak to that particularly i think there have been some blog updates um, just tweeted about it uh, about the is it going to be Cosm Wasm uh, 1.0 and then uh, inter inter interchain accounts right? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't leaking the alpha myself. Yeah, Tor just <laughs> released uh, just today, like like an hour ago, uh, released a tweet. Uh, next phase of shockwave or whatever. So I'm not sure how much he discloses on that, but that's probably the most alpha you oh, probably you're get off of it. Yeah. yeah so I was going to say that's that one of the good use cases with secret NFTs is. Like I have uh, an Anon Army NFT, and that like basically gives you access to their Telegram group. And there's just so much alpha in there. I've just been so busy this week, but a lot of times I'll just go in, maybe say a few things, but I just read it a lot of a lot of the chat, and it's just so <laughs> there's just so much information that it's unreal. And I try to explain this to people that may not understand NFTs because I used to be one of them, like an old miserable guy, like, oh, NFTs. But once I first purchased a, a secret NFT and then went down that rabbit hole, I've been sold ever since. But one of the key functionalities, I know this is getting a little bit off point, but it, it, when you when you buy an NFT, it's almost like a membership that's a one-time fee as opposed to like, okay, let's go to a country club and spend 100 k and now every time we go to lay some up and pay, we have to pay for green fees. And if we want food, we still have to pay for that. And then guess what? At the end of the year, you got to do it all over again. I mean, granted, you are in one with, you know, founders. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yes, I agree uh, completely. And just if given the, I mean, what they're doing with Secret or Legend DAO and the gaming, if they can really tap into play to earn and the gaming industry in a, in a bigger way, especially utilizing Secret Networks, you know, uh, uh, Pri uh, privacy preserving like buffs and you know keeping some stuff secret i think they can really capitalize on that yeah I mean, my point of that was being is it's like a one-time fee and as long as i keep that nft I'm, I'm a part of that you know essentially that exclusive group where you can collaborate talk and all that type of stuff instantly and you don't get that when you buy you know that that country club membership because guess what at the end of the year you got to pay that fee again or else you're not allowed back so you know, and, and the reason I was bringing that up is that's just how bullish like secret network is like the only only ecosystem that has private metadata. So, you know, 
this is all just coinciding with one another. It's like a big olive branch. It's just, they're all, everything's connected and it's going to take some time, but people just, just got to be patient. This is going to blast off. I have a firm belief that this thing is, is, is going to just rocket. Piggybacking off what you said about like allowing communities to coordinate a better, uh, the Jackal Dow, you guys mentioned you're going to get into it after you roll out storage and whatnot. Um, but do you guys have any plans for how that would be? I don't know, really probably uh, in the future and stuff, but just like structured loosely because some of the stuff like peer reviewed citizen journalism and uh, cybersecurity training opportunities uh, is really, really interesting. I'm sure a lot of people would be interested in uh, yeah. more information about how to take part. Yes, yeah, so that, that kind of comes from Merson and I, our roots, um, I guess, well, as well, where. Um, we're, we're familiar with, with kind of like this open source intelligence um, ecosystem where it's a bunch of citizen journalism. There's really great um, resources like Bellingcat and things along those lines. Um, but but we want the, we really want to focus that this DAO uh, works together to just kind of advance the narratives on various subjects and, and just really provide, what we're looking to provide mainly is is the ability to just increase the digital privacy posture of the world and also the cybersecurity posture of the world. But uh, other things that the DAO is doing, we, we really, really want to have, um, like it, we're envisioning just providing value in multiple ways, like including peer-reviewed citizen journalism, as you're saying, like cybersecurity training, professional services, education, scholarships, things along those lines, and, and just really kind of give back to our community. Um, the, the governance we're still working on the governance and that's kind of like something we haven't even started developing yet if I'm being completely honest. And that's kind of the rock oh, of the storage fine. project. Yeah. The yeah, training but, is what excites me the most because like yeah. hearing what you guys are doing, I'd love to be able to learn more about how to get involved with that and whatnot. And you guys started with OSA, OSA, uh, this kind of stuff. So yeah, 100%. Yeah. And the, the other thing is, is the biggest thing about our governance and the, the core use case is to number one, keep the core team accountable. That's number one is, is the most important thing. Um, is to just kind of check us. And also number two um, is, is to also just drive the direction of Jackal development. If you want a change or if you want to, um, if you want a, a grant, if you want to put in like pull requests and, and put different applications in there as well. We're just looking at different ways to have the community buy in um, and just drive the direction of Jackal development. And that's what we're excited about. So um, does anyone else have any last questions? I'm sure everybody wants to wrap it up pretty soon. But I'm here. I'm glad. I'm. I'm. I'll stay here all day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can keep talking about talking. I've taken up enough time already. Uh, yeah. If, we, if there's any last questions, feel free to uh, raise your hand. And um, if not, I would love to wrap this up. Yeah. Shout out to everyone that stopped by the show and uh, anyone that came in late. The, the the show is recorded, and there was a lot of good information, high tech stuff. So maybe you might have went over your head at first. You you might have to tune back in and re-listen to it. But yeah, it's I'm I'm just happy to be here. I'm I'm thankful that you guys asked me to to kind of help out here and I got to learn. And that's my favorite thing is to do is to learn. So whenever I do these shows and I don't have to just talk and I just get to listen and hear people, you know, collaborate and talk about their vision and the roadmap and what's going on. I really take you know pride to be even a part of it. So just wanna thank um, you know, you Donnie. Marston, Will, Nick, and if I'm forgetting anyone else, and all the people that stopped by, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Hoss. Thank you. Yeah, yeah no, thanks for hosting, man. It, uh, we couldn't have done it without you. We need that outside information because we're so deep in the weeds here. We need someone to check us a little bit. All right. Now and then. 
I'm 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 here to that's what I'm here for, man. I I, I completely understand. It's just so much going on. I have to like have I have some community members that help me with some stuff with me. Hey, keep me up to date with like these random airdrops because I just don't have enough time anymore. There's so now many. Your, your passion's and... infectious about it, though. I think that's why people are uh, loving your stuff so much, Charles. Yeah, man. You I, get so excited about this stuff, it gets other people excited, and then. Yeah, man. I I just came from other ecosystems and like the, I don't know how to explain it, but the the camaraderie and just the enthusiasm and the positivity and just every and the the willing to help one another. Like I know when I first started doing this, I just got involved because I just wanted to get involved. I never ever thought a million. Like first of all, I never used Twitter before this. Like I just like I'm like I'm 36 years old. I'm like ah Twitter. And I started using it because it's the best source of information. So I started doing just to keep up with all the founders and see what they're doing. And then I, w- I spent thousands and thousands of hours studying all these different technologies. And I'm like, you know what? I need to give back. Like, it's just, it would feel wrong for me just to, you know, building up a nice portfolio and, and learning all this information and not sharing it with other people that may not have enough time. And I came to the point where I'm like, I just want to help out people. And if I just change one person's life, I consider it a win. And like, I just been on that mission. Not only that, but I just try to every day get someone from like another ecosystem outside of IBC, just come over and use it. Cause I feel like no one ever is going to say like, I use cosmos. And then I went, you know, I use Ethereum or, you know, no knock on these other ecosystems outside of it. But I just feel we're on the right train. It's the best tech, the best teams, the best communities. And I just love it, man. I want everyone to win. Not that I want those other ecosystems to fail, but, you know, they need to get over here because I feel like this is the standard and it would make no sense in the future for all these blockchains. I don't care how big they are already to not at least enable Cosm, you know, Cosmos SDK and get over here. So I'm, I think we're all on the right train. We're all going to make it. Yeah, man. Uh, honestly, uh, I, I just read something in, in the uh, in the replies. Uh, someone just minted Cosmohost.rns. Did you hear about that? <laughs> no, man. They're black. They're gonna start blackmailing me. They're gonna be like, I need an NFT for that or something. <laughs> he, he said he wants five thousand. You know, he uh, he just added you in the, in the replies there. Anyways, I think that's a good way to end this. Is uh, yeah, man. Everyone, if you if you want to uh, grab grab a. I guess a valuable domain name, hopefully in the future. Um, someone just grabbed cosmos.rns as well. So, <laughs> so go for it if you're interested. Um, anyways, I really appreciate everyone coming out and thanks for spending your afternoon with us. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Have a good day. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you for the time, guys. It was, it was such a pleasure. Take care, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Jackal AMA recorded on Thursday, March 24th, 2022. This episode of the Ether was brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Visit OC's What We Do page using the link in the show notes to take advantage of some of their other educational resources, including weekly meetups to discuss Terra protocols, strategies, and concepts, the Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, and YouTube explainer videos on Terra concepts. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? 
Find out more at luart.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Laying there at night while I'm counting sheep Brain on repeat, no amount of please Would you shut the fuck up, yo, I'm trying to sleep Not till you write it down to remind your genius ass in the morning When you wake up to realize it was nothing more than a weird dream And you feel like everybody's on the tape But things aren't always what they seem What's real to me isn't real to you Living this reality is barely new And if you've seen this little feud You'd be filling up your gas tanks too We're living in a fucking simulation of a simulation Don't look back or you'll get sucked into the miscommunication All this dumb fucking ruckus Drink bleach here Keep a tight demeanor and swing for the bleachers This ball is crushed I feel like I wanna kick the bucket over, spill the fun, release some other means of hunting. All these silly motherfuckers coming at us like we don't got a bunch of guns or something. These are fucked up times we're living in, and I don't need the judgment. Free the suffer, no need to suffer. The leaders busted freedom, hunt of disagreements, wander cold streets filled with screaming bottom feeders. Take me to your leaders, blasting propaganda through the speakers. So if you wanna build, let's build. But if you wanna steal, get buried in the field. Double duty at the rocket, Rudy. Coppin' fruity, not a newbie. Got the rubies, hostile, looking like Chewbacca threw me through the window. Fucking sue me, now I'm looking all hypnotic, bougie. With a bunch of suckers I went to school with who barely knew me. Students sitting here, fucking clueless. Looking at the next duck, trying to see who the goose is. Should've paid more attention to the hole in the boat. Now tell me why y'all still vote. Spaces. <laughs>